0: Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Valerie. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and today I'm joined by Dee Dawkins Hagler, Democratic candidate for Georgia Secretary of State. So glad to have you on.
1: Thank you, Jordan. It's so great to be on with you today.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming. So for starters, could you tell us about your background and what brought you to run for Georgia Secretary of State?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that, Jordan. So. So let's start off with politics. So I was an elected official from May of 2008 until January of 2017. I served in the Georgia General Assembly as a state rep. Played around in politics for quite a while as far as running campaigns, just motivating different people to run. And so then I got into the electoral uh, office myself and then now I'm running for secretary of state.
0: So you're the first secretary of state candidate we've spoken to. Most people don't know who their secretary of state is, or perhaps even that each state has their own secretary of state. Could you tell us about the role of the secretary of state?
1: Okay, great, I'm glad you asked because it's not a sexy position or you know, a real um, position that people talk about, but it's one of the most important positions that you have in your respective states. Now it does vary from state to state, but most states, your secretary of state is the person who is your chief elections officer. So in the state of Georgia, um, Not only is the Secretary of State the Chief Elections Officer, it is also responsible for the incorporation of businesses. All professional licenses and boards fall up under the Secretary of State's office. So that means it could be anything from hairstylists, barbers, to nurses, physical therapists, engineers, architects, even funeral home directors. That falls up under the Secretary of State's office, as well as securities and um, charities, nonprofits. So in the state of Georgia, it is a huge um, task to take on um, the Secretary of State um, position. However, it's one that is vital and needed.
0: The voting rights organization, The Franchise Project, ranks Georgia 31st out of the 50 states in terms of ballot access. Could you tell us more about the state of voting rights in Georgia right now?
1: Well, one of the things that I want to see in the state of Georgia is an opt out system as opposed to an opt in, and what do I mean by that? In the state of Georgia, you have to basically petition or go through a process to be registered to vote. Um, but in the state of Georgia, everyone has to go on their own to try to register themselves to vote, which keeps people from registering to vote because it's a process, and many people are busy or working and don't quite understand the process. We've had to fight even in the General Assembly. I had to fight because they were trying to come up with different voter ID laws to um, deter people from voting. And so in Georgia, we want to make it so that people don't have to go through so many loopholes when they go to vote. Some people may not have a valid form of government ID because it may be cost inhibitive for them. And so we need to make it easier for people to vote and not harder. So
0: why is it so difficult to vote right now? Why are these barriers in place in the first place?
1: Well, I think in Georgia and many, many places in the South, barriers are in place because people, the people who are in control right now, they understand that the demographics are changing. And as the demographics change, uh, they're trying to maintain power. Certain people try to maintain power. And so as the demographics change with more younger people voting, uh, more minorities moving into the states, you to keep certain people from voting. Last year in the state of Georgia, 591,000 people were purged from the voting rolls just at one time. Now, the reason, the rationale that was used was, well, some people moved within their county um, and didn't give us proper notice or they had not voted in three years. Now, why is that problematic? Well, there are some people who only vote every four years for a presidential election. So if you have purged them from the voting file only because they hadn't voted in three years, then you are potentially disenfranchising someone who may only go every four years to vote. So that's very problematic.
0: So if the legislature is working so hard to suppress the vote, what can the secretary of state do while they're in conflict with the legislature and potentially the governor?
1: Well, actually, this particular thing, this particular version of voter files that was done by the secretary of state's office. That wasn't even a legislature, legislative function. Now, the Secretary of State had determined whether or not those people would be the uh, purge from the roll because, technically, um, Georgia law used to have it that if you did not vote in two cycles, which could have been eight years or however they want to determine the cycle, but it would not have been three years. So arbitrarily, the Secretary of State's office decided to do that. Secretary of State's office, there is some things at his or her um, preview that they could do, purview, but because, again, of the changing demographics, uh, many things are being done to suppress the vote and that could go as far as closing of uh, voting precincts We've seen voter suppression in Georgia. We've seen voter intimidation in Georgia We've seen allegations of voter fraud and I could go on and on and even list examples of where that has happened in Georgia And where I've had to intervene in every last one of them So are you concerned
0: this is going to happen in the upcoming election?
1: I'm concerned about it for this up- this upcoming election because the current Secretary of State is actually running for governor. And so he will be responsible for counting the votes. I'm overseeing the process, excuse me. Um, and so I don't know how fair he will be. Now, normally, one would not say that the Secretary of State would do anything um, that's not integral. However, in this case, because we've seen this Secretary of State leak, in, you know, have information leaked, we don't have good security, We know we have antiquated machines and they're arbitrarily purging people from the voter files. Who's to say this election will not be tampered with in some type of way? So I'm not sure what could happen under this Secretary of State.
0: So looking more into the changing demographics you mentioned earlier, a few months back we spoke with Amy Allison who launched Get Information to help elect Stacey Abrams to be the first Black woman governor in American history. Both Amy and Stacey, who's running for governor of Georgia specifically, have spoken about their strategy of mobilizing Black voters who, as we saw in Alabama, are key to Democratic victory. Is this a strategy you're utilizing as well?
1: Yes, but I'm also trying to utilize rural votes as well, because in the metropolitan Atlanta area, which does make up the majority of the Democratic, Democratic base or the base of voters, there's still a lot of African-American votes in rural areas, as well as white Democrats in rural areas that probably like well, know need to be engaged. But what I have seen across the state of Georgia is that when black people are engaged and they're educated on the voting process and actually know when the elections are, they will participate. But as I've been traveling around the state over the last few months, um, even as, as late as yesterday, I'm going to different places, and they don't even know that a primary is coming up on May 22nd, and early voting begins April 30th. So that's one of the things that the Office of the Secretary of State could do you a better job of educating all of the citizens, regardless if they're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, whatever they want to classify themselves as. We need to do a better job educating the public of when elections will be. And it shouldn't be that they only on the citizens to find out. But the secretary of state could actually do commercials in off seasons and say, you know what, every year, every year we have primaries or we have elections every year in the state of Georgia, whether they're municipal, whether they're countywide or whether they're statewide, federal, to let people know, you know, look out because it's election season. Even doing... um publicity and and public service announcements, which there's no cost for public service announcements to say there are elections coming up or or to put something in local papers. There is a budget. uh, There is money at the discretion of the secretary of state's office, which they can use to say, we have elections coming up. Are you involved? Are you ready to vote? And, And for more information, go to our website.
0: Along those lines, there has been a proposal by folks like Senator Bernie Sanders to make election day a federal holiday. While I think this is a great idea. It, of course, wouldn't cover all state and municipal elections. Would you support a similar proposal to ensure that everyone can go out and vote in state and municipal elections as well?
1: Yes, I would love that. I would love for everyone to be able to go out and vote because I think voting is our most sacred right. And as citizens, it is one thing that we all need to participate in because that determines our very livelihood. But in Georgia, not only would I support everyone being off, you know, Universal Day off to go voting, I would like for Georgia to become a state where we have same-day voter registration because I think we need to eliminate all of these barriers to voting. So it's something that I really would be pushing as the Secretary of State to have some sort of same-day voter registration. Now, looking back
0: to your history as a state representative, could you tell us about your experiences in the state legislature and what
1: you accomplished there? Oh, great. That's a great question. And so one of the things I always focus on is things dealing with women and children. One of the major things that I push now, is very uh, prevalent in Georgia, is human trafficking. And so we worked on a lot of legislation to I take the onus off of the girls or boys who were being prostituted and then make it so that the Johns were the ones that were actually uh, receiving the time as well as uh, trying to create safe houses for those who have been trafficked trafficked in the state of Georgia. I also worked uh, diligently on transportation. Georgia now is becoming, um, it is the empire of the South, especially Atlanta. And so I worked very closely to pass a billion dollar transportation deal. And how did I do that? Well, for two years, so let me back up. So for two years in General Assembly, 2011 and 2012, I was the chair of the Women's Caucus. But from 2013, 14, 15, 16, I was the chair of the Black Caucus. And in Georgia, that's uh, our Black Caucus, it's largest Black Caucus in the nation, with 61 members in the House and the Senate. And so one of the things that we took on was transportation, because if people can move quickly and have access throughout the state that they can, Get to work and take care of their families, and so we uh, we were uh, vital in passing the transportation deal as well as um, raising wages. Now we would, we did a little bit better on the state level, government level, as far as wa- raising wages. Even though year after year, I've been trying to I tried to introduce legislation to raise the minimum wage to at least fifteen dollars across the board. We got a lot of pushback on that, um, but you need to ha- make sure that people have access. To live in wages. And so Georgia has the lowest minimum wages in the state. Our minimum wage is $5.15 per hour. We have to get that up to, you know, a national standard. Now, while the, the government, people who work in state government make much more, businesses can, tr- can really pay their workers $5.15 an hour because that's our law. And I think that's unconscionable in 2018 to pay people such meager wages to, For them to take care of themselves and God forbid they have a family. Uh, One of the things that we also worked with was uh, removing the box from the job applications where it said whether or not you had been arrested. Because many times when people do uh, get caught in the criminal justice system and then they want to come back out, you know, and find meaningful employment, take care of their families without breaking the law again, there were boxes. Have you ever been arrested or have you ever been convicted? There were causing the applications to go in the trash cans immediately. So we fought against that. And so now, at least all the state applications, there's no more box acts. Have you ever been arrested? Now, that may be asked later on in the interview process before hiring, but not on the front end. Um, Another thing that I also pushed for was Medicaid expansion. Well, it didn't work in Georgia. Our government abdicated his responsibilities, gave it over to the legislature, and although we kept pushing for it, they still pushed back. So as a result, our rural hospitals have been closing because they don't have the means uh, to take care of their obligations because we didn't draw down that federal money that we could have had had we accepted Medicaid expansion. But something else that I really pushed for um, in the state of Georgia was trying to make sure that we have equity and parity as it relates to state contracts. Federally, minority participation rate is supposed to be 14% contracts. In the state of Georgia, it was 2%. And so we try to go in and change that up um, so that more African-Americans and Hispanics could even Asian, could could get minority contracts in the state of Georgia. So I just stumbled upon
0: something that's very relevant to our conversation. It looks like at the moment Georgia Republicans in the state legislature are pushing through a bill, SB 363, that would eliminate Sunday voting and cut poll hours in Atlanta, which is obviously an attempt to suppress the Black vote. This is a very good example of something that you would have to face as Secretary of State. Could you tell us, if you were in office right now, how you would deal with this?
1: Yes. So first of all, Atlanta is very unique. So in Atlanta, polling hours are 8 o'clock PM because of the traffic and just trying to get where you need to go to the polls. So what happens is they're trying to make sure now that people who live in Atlanta, because those are mostly African-Americans, will not have the opportunity to vote. And a lot of African-Americans are voting on Sunday because they utilize this uh, concept of souls to the polls and that you can get... Um, Pastors are able to mobilize large parts of the congregations to go and vote almost together as a church family. And they know that that is very heavy in African American communities. As the Secretary of State, I would make sure that we encourage Sunday voting, whether it's in rural Georgia, but even if it's predominantly a Republican area, or whether it's in Atlanta where it's predominantly a Democratic area, because you should never have barriers to voting. Even though I would love for everyone to be a Democrat and vote that way you still should not pre- prevent barriers or try to suppress the vote in any form.
0: So lastly, how can folks find you online and get involved in your campaign?
1: Okay, so if people want to find me in my campaign, they can go to www.ddeehagler.com, or they can find me on Twitter. That's just the initial D, Dawkins. D-A-W-K-I-N-S-Hagler. H-A-I-G-L-E-R. One word. D Dawkins-Hagler. Or they can find me on Facebook at D Dawkins-Hagler for Georgia. Or on Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry, on Instagram at Dawk7, D-A-W-K-H-A-I-G seven. But if they go to my website, they'll see. Uh, a stream on the right side for Twitter posts and for uh, Facebook posts if they go to dhagler.com and so I need everyone to get involved to get engaged because we have to fight this Collectively because our very democracy is at stake and when people are in control who? For whatever reason don't have the best interests of all citizens at heart or they don't have the moral compass to really lead we have to make sure that those of us who can we do and so that's why it's very important for me at this time to be secretary of state because let's face it those who are running on the republican side all of them are trying to roll back the hands of time one of them even introduced legislation for english only again and i think that he would take that into the secretary of state's office as well all of that just speaks to why it's so
0: important to elect progressive Democrats this year. Um, so I'm really glad to see you running, uh, and I appreciate you speaking with us on the podcast today.
1: And I'm excited about what you all are doing best job across the about progressive Democrats. Um, it's going to take this generation to kind of get things back
0: So to our listeners, if you want to hear more from progressive Democrats across the nation, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe to our newsletter at millennialpolitics.co, and stay tuned for the next episode of our podcast. Thanks for listening.